0: Welcome back to another episode of the Foreign Lady Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth.
1: And the bottom line.
0: And we are back with another episode for you this week. On today's episode, uh, we are discussing the member of the Migos. For those of you who don't know, the Migos is a uh, hip-hop group that consists of Takeoff, Quavo, and Offset. Unfortunately, another senseless killing of our... Black community, which we we will talk about, another Black on Black violence. Unfortunately, this young man, he was only 28 years old, lost his life. And when I tell you it was meaningless and senseless and had no reason for happening, I think that's where a lot of people are just so upset, especially for the type of person he was. I've never heard anything like bad about him or like you hear stories of the other two and they're constantly in the news or scandal but for this one you just never he- I've never heard anything negative about him and doing this research for th- for this story a lot of people have said the same thing too that knew him and a lot of fans have said the same thing that he was just a quiet guy and just loved his family and stayed out of drama, stayed out of trouble. And so this is very hard for a lot of people because an innocent person just got hurt in a crossfire and unfortunately lost their life. So we'll discuss that. And then we are going to talk about Joe Rogan and his comments on, yeah, I guess it could say comments his views on Brittany Griner and his criticism of the vice president Kamala Harris. And we'll discuss if we agree with him or disagree with him and does he have a point? We will discuss that. And last but not least, we are discussing Elon Musk. He has officially become the new owner of Twitter, and with that comes uh, um, some different changes in the in the organization in the company. A lot of layoffs happening. Yeah, we'll 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 talk about how we f- how we feel about this whole thing. He's he's trying to charge people who have the blue check marks eight dollars a month i believe and so he's bringing in some new changes to twitter and uh we'll we'll see if we agree or disagree with this i personally don't have twitter do you have twitter
1: yeah i got a twitter Uh,
0: okay yeah i i don't tweet (laughs) i don't have a twitter so i honestly don't care about this but we do care here because that's where a lot of people, unfortunately, get their news and their information and all that from. And, you know, if you're trending on Twitter, you're like a big thing. And it's a huge platform. It's a huge social media platform. So just because I don't use it doesn't mean there are, you know, billions of people out there who do use it. So we'll we'll talk about what he wants to do with uh, with Twitter, all that and much more on this episode. So let's get into it. How are you doing this week? How are things going?
1: I think I'm doing okay. I think last time I told you about this professor giving me trouble. Yeah. But I'm keeping his feet to the fire because I know how hard I work and I want it to reflect my grade. So he's not going to like rob me of what I'm due. It's not Mm -hmm. happening on my watch.
0: Yeah. And you should. Like I said, I I don't envy you with the whole school thing. I know how hard it was for, you know, when I was doing it as well, but you're a pretty smart guy, so I'm sure you'll figure it out. I'm doing okay, too. Doing all right. Just working. I can't wait for the holidays. Christmas is is my jam, so I'm excited. I'm going to go see family. Going to, to uh, Europe this year It's the first time since the pandemic happened, so I'm excited to go back, see some family, and my kiddo is going to be going with me as well. So we're super excited about that. Um, you should be. Yeah, I haven't seen my aunt uh, since 2019 was the last time I went. And we also have other extended family members. Hopefully, we get to see them. I'm excited. And then Thanksgiving's coming up. So, obviously, I will be hosting this year. So, getting ready for that. Um, That sounds good. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah, what about you? Any
1: holiday coming up? I'm spending time with family for sure. Like, we already like, you know, sent the mass message about where where we're going to meet up, who's going to do yeah. what, who's going to bring what. So that's already well underway. That's good.
0: Yeah. It's always nice when you can get together with family and get to see each other. The times are short and uh, you never know when, you, when it will be your last, last time or last day on this earth, last moment. So, uh, and that's kind of what I want to do a little more of. I want to do things that, that make me happy and not whatever that looks like and not, rush myself to feel like i'm not where i need to be or i'm not having accomplished what i wanted to accomplish yet like i'm trying to alleviate that pressure off of myself at the same time you know still constantly moving forward and, and trying to expand and and grow but at the same time just being a little more easy on myself yeah i do want to give a shout out to this youtube channel before we get started I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's called movie therapy. No, it's called cinema therapy. That's literally what I did with my whole day yesterday. It's basically a YouTube channel where they, this therapist uh, and a professional filmmaker, and they watch different movies, and they talk about it. And like the therapist kind of breaks it down and talks about like the themes of the movie and kind of breaks it down. What what's the right word I'm looking for? In like a like a clinical way. It's very fascinating. If you guys get a chance to check it out, go go check them out. Their YouTube channel. It's pretty fun. I'm not affiliated with them in any way. As you guys know, I don't really shout out other YouTube channels or whatever. But I thought this one was really fascinating. And I literally spent the whole day watching it. So just okay. wanted to say Almost that. Yeah. All right. Let's get started. So we got the news. I think it was on Friday last week. Yeah, I believe it's been a week now that TMZ was the first one to report that the member of Migos takeoff was shot and it came as a shock to a lot of people. But he was 28 years old and apparently stories are still coming out as to who did it, why they did it, like if it was an accident. And the police are still trying to get witnesses to come out, which we know that in our community that's really hard to do. He was 20 years old. Apparently they were in a movie, in a, sorry, in a bowling alley and they were playing dice and he was there with Quavo and Quavo was having, I guess, a comfort, like a an argument with somebody because he was losing or something something along those lines. And Takeoff was just a innocent bystander. And a lot of people are saying that it could be friendly fire, that it was somebody from their camp who was trying to show off with someone from, like the story is just really, really murky. And it sounds like somebody was waving a gun and accidentally shot him in the neck and the abdomen. I believe that's where they said he was shot. What are your thoughts on this? And then uh, something that has really come up with this tragedy is when someone is, is literally dying why do people feel they need that they need to film it and be the first one to post it on social media? Like, God forbid if something was happening to me and I was in an accident or I was going through a medical emergency, the last thing I would want is somebody taking pictures of me or videos of me instead of them to help me. The same thing happened to Princess Diana when she she had that tragic car accident in Paris. Instead of the people that were there to call 911 and or help her try to give her first aid they were taking pictures of her and watching her die and we've seen countless people same thing with kobe you know when he tragically passed away with you know his daughter and the the other members of that um helicopter crash his wife just went through a a, a lawsuit because of that and she won the people that were there that surrounded him instead of him to for the, for them to give him first aid or, or call emergency services, even the first responders that were there were taking pictures of them. What are your thoughts on this? What has become of our society where we feel like, oh, we have to take pictures or videos and and post it up just so we can go viral? Like what has social media done to us to not have compassion for somebody who's taking their last breath and just dying instead of getting help. What are your thoughts on all of this? It's despicable. It's, it's disgusting. And this is not the society that we want to be in.
1: Go ahead. Well, I do want to send my condolences to anybody who was close to take off. I also want to talk about we should get rid of rap. At this point, it's, it's toxic to us. It's our kryptonite when lives are being lost, it ain't for us anymore. And I know a lot of people say, "Well, you can't blame the rap." And I'm like, "You're yeah, halfway true that we can't blame the rap, but But is it the music
0: time. or is it us as a community?"
1: I think it goes hand in hand. Any anybody could tell you like there's certain things you don't want to listen to or expose yourself to. There is a reason that we have PG ratings. There is a reason you wouldn't let your kids watch certain movies at night because of the influence it'll have like certain things we're exposed to. We see, we hear, we internalize it until it becomes not just our thoughts, but it becomes something that shapes our behavior, our personality. And then we project that into the world. I would say this, like if, if rap is the problem, well, the only way to know for sure is to walk away from from it for five minutes (laughs) and see what happens as a result. Do things stay the same? Do they get worse or do they get better? And then based on that information, we should let ourselves know if we want to walk away from it forever. Because some of the things we're hearing out here, they're, they're not helpful. They're not good for us. It's not rocket science. We don't, we don't, you don't have to be the smartest person in the room to know that negativity breeds more negativity. But as far as people taking pictures of somebody in pain, somebody losing their life, It shows how far we've gotten from our own humanity that we're more concerned with immortalizing ourselves. We're more concerned with the fame because we know, well, this is a famous person. And if I'm the one who posts their passing first online, I become as important as they are without having to do much. Right. They didn't have to have a talent. They didn't have to, like, build on something. They didn't they didn't have to specialize. On something. They just took a photo and they get their 15 minutes of fame. And that's what people are looking for. They forget that there's a person who is passing away. And if that's what happened, like if people were recording rather than trying to help him, yeah, there's something wrong with us. There's something definitely wrong with us.
0: Okay. Let's, so let's break this down into the two parts, right? Cause it's, this is a two part nuance question. The first one is should we not have hip hop anymore? Should we not have rap rap music anymore? like this is this is part of the black culture. I mean, it's what is it sewn into our DNA as th- this is this is what we are about. Rap music is part of black culture. It goes hand in hand. And we we do have great rappers, great lyricists, people who have, shaped the community and given voice to the community. People like uh, Kendrick Lamar, Lupe Fiasco. You know, we had, what was the NWO back in the day? Like we had Tupac. Like there were so many influential rap groups that made the world see us as a community. Granted, they're far in, few and far in, far in between. Yeah, thank you. Few and far in between now where that's not, how it is and it has completely shifted from you know the 80s and 90s hip-hop era but we do have some people now you know like a j cole and like i said a kendrick that are part of the community that are putting out positive messages out there so i don't know if it's necessarily like the music or we should like we shouldn't have it at all but i think it has a lot to do with us as a people and why we are just so consumed with violence. That's the thing that I on. don't understand. Go ahead.
1: I, I gotta push back on that because we we tend to take something like hip-hop or rap as a reflection of the entire community. Like The artists, the entertainers, they represent a small minority of Black people or rappers as a whole. I agree with that. They don't represent the rest of us. Like, when we hear about these entertainers losing their life, we're just as shocked as anyone else. Right. Because we're not living that life. I, I know you're not living that life. I'm not living that life. We're, we're average citizens in America. We're going to work, paying our bills, paying our taxes, being kind to our neighbors, going to buy our groceries. That's the life these entertainers portray out there. This is not the life, as far as I've seen. This is not the life of the average black person. So I don't even want no. to say that hip hop is part of our DNA as if it's something we can't help or get rid of. Like, yeah, we created it, but we could uncreate it or make it better. We have that choice.
0: Yeah. But how realistic is that, though? Let's be honest. That's like is saying.
1: Realistic-
0: I don't think so. I really don't think so. I mean, th- let's be honest. The music industry would makes way too much money off these rap artists for Even if we wanted to even if we wanted to say, okay, we're not going to support rap music or we're not going to support hip hop anymore. That is not realistic. I think at this point we need to be we need to find realistic ways of not having these entertainers or these rappers die. For some reason, it has been synonymous with violence from day one. Right. I really don't know why why that is you know, you have these rappers trying to, trying to dip their toe into two different worlds where it's like, they're still trying to be, oh, they're trying to be tough and they're trying to be hard or they're trying to be gangsters or in the gang. And, and that's cool. And it's like, that's not cool. And then you have on the other side, them showing off a lot of, a lot of this violence we've seen. Well, uh, the, there was another rapper that died that got shot the other day, or I think it was Last month or something like that, where he was he was showing off on social media, you know, telling, telling people, oh, this is where I am, pull up on me if you want to. And they did roll up on him and they ended up killing him. And we've seen, we've seen other rappers die like that. XXS that died like that, Pop Spunk died like that, um, Nipsey Hustle. Like, why is it that every single rapper, for some reason, it's just I don't know if it's like they're showing off. That's the problem or what exactly is the problem. But why is it just uh, always so uh, synonymous with violence that I don't understand it? We don't have any other music genre that's that's quite like hip hop. You don't see country artists murdering each other or, you know, people in like the pop or or rock music or. Folk music—you don't see that. It for some reason it's just this particular genre of music.
1: Did you see the post by Lakeith Stanfield? No, I didn't. Well, he basically makes a comment that if you're for gangster rap, you're not for black people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And to me, that represents the true mindset of the average black person in America. Like we're we're willing to give this up. Maybe with younger people who have yet to understand long-term consequences. They're probably still holding on to it because it's fun. You know, when you're young, you don't think you could get hurt. But I would say that for the rest of Black America, like, we're not so attached to it that we can't let it go. We don't, we don't value rap music more than the lives of our own people. If getting rid of rap spares one life, I'll get rid of it right, right now. I won't even hesitate. I won't even think twice about it if it spares just one life. Because one life is more important to me than a genre of music. Maybe rap has run its course for us. Hip-hop has run its course for us. We've gotten out of it what we can. Let's create something new. Let's do it. Something that promotes life. Because I know what we have right now, the average Black person isn't for it. And so this is why I kind of Bothers me when it says our culture. I'm like, don't let me in there. When you say our <laughs> culture, leave it to, to that area of rap. Those those few entertainers that don't represent the rest of us. That's the life they're living. It's not what the rest of us are doing. And what I can't speak for all these rappers and the and the things they, they're trying to do behind the scenes, but why would any of them deliberately put their life at risk? I don't think they're going out here trying to run around, do the same old things they used to when they now have something to lose, when they now have the success they've been looking for. They're going to think more about consequences like, wait a minute, I don't I don't need to be in these streets when I got a nice home.
0: Yeah, but you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised how many of these rappers do make it and have nice things, but yet they just can't get away from that life. Or they think that that's what they need to continue to be in that life to, I guess, continue to have their street cred. I don't know anything about like the streets or the hood. Like, I don't know anything about that at all. So, a lot of the things that I'm saying right now is based on things that I've learned. I don't have any like firsthand experience of what it's like to sell drugs or see somebody shot or killed or. Or be in a get, Like, I don't know anything about that. And even for like rap music, I do listen to it, but I listen to the very old, like the 80s and 90s and 2000s. I don't really listen to a lot of the new age rap music right now because number one, I don't understand what they're saying. <laughs> and number two, there's no message in it for me. Like, there's nothing I can really relate to. Like, I just want to put that out there. Like, we're not saying that we're experts by any means in what that life is like. But looking from the outside it just seems like a lot of this is a i don't know if it's a choice or what the reason is because that's why i'm asking you is it necessarily like the music or is it the people that make the music that's the issue
1: then it's probably the people that make the music because even though we're not expert experts we don't need to be experts we just need to have common sense we've heard the story enough times to say hey why are you still going back to that life that you rap about? Like, it doesn't bring any fruit. It only brings disaster. Why go back to it?
0: Right. I, I, and I don't understand I'm, why yeah. a lot of them do that. I really don't.
1: Yeah. I'm thinking about it like, I don't know what he was doing down there ultimately, but.
0: Well, this, you know. and yeah. Going back to the the issue of Takeoff, he was, I guess, one of the few rappers that actually stayed out of trouble. Like, he wasn't in any... Uh, gang affiliations that i know of that i l- researched and looked at he was very quiet he j- he minded his own business and it looked like this was a-, a legit accident like he was basically at the wrong place at the wrong time or just hanging around the wrong people basically this is what that looks like because this was just a crazy senseless murder He wasn't flashy on social media. He wasn't, you know, talking shit about anybody. He didn't have any beef with anybody. He just happened to to be around the wrong people at the wrong time. Simple.
1: I feel like the way they want you to see it is as if these guys were still in the lifestyle when it could be that they just didn't want to just abandon their community when they got rich and famous. They're like, hey, guys, I, I know how hard it's been. And I want you, I want to let you know I'm still here. I'm gonna come back and support you guys, try to lift you guys up too. To me, the more likely scenario is that when one of your own becomes a success, right? You get haters. Oh,
0: absolutely. Hate the
1: fact that you left, you're doing better, and they're still in the same place. And that to me sometimes is what it boils down to rather than the idea that these rappers they can't leave their lifestyle. I'm like, yeah, stop trying to sell me that story because majority of the time people want to do good things. But then
0: okay, but then it goes back to, you know, the critics that say, well, then maybe we just can't have nice things. Like when you have people trying to give back to their community and then they end up getting killed or getting shot, then it, it doesn't motivate people to want to come back to their hood and give back to their hood and it's like if you keep seeing this over and over and over, do they really that they have a point. Like if I keep if I'm a success And I keep seeing the people that are successful and going back to their hood and trying to do something nice for their hood and they're getting killed and getting shot. What would motivate me to want to go back and give back? If there's something similar that could happen to me, I want to get as far away from that as possible. That's why I'm bringing this conversation up as a people. Do we need to work on ourselves? And why is it that when we have leaders that are willing to go back to their communities and put back in their community, They end up getting shot. They end up getting killed for what they have. And it's like if they put into the community and there's they're creating jobs and they're creating uh, opportunities and and this is this is the things that they get for their for for going back and doing good work. Why would other people want to go back?
1: Well, like I was saying,
0: <laughs> you don't, I don't have I don't, an answer to that, do you? <laughs>
1: that's, a legit, that's a legit question. It's a, it's a legit question. Like, yeah, you're definitely not going to, you're not going to want to go back to where it's not safe. That's just, you know, common sense. But I just feel like, again, like this is not our culture. It's not representative of me. I think it just represents rap or hip hop. I think we need to fully separate ourselves from this idea that this is part of who we are you know because the, of us it's not for us.
0: All right, so let's talk about the social media aspects of things for a little bit and then we're going to move on. What has become of us as a society and as a culture that we just have this need to to go viral, to be the first to post, especially in tragic situations like that. It's like when you when you see somebody in pain and are hurting or they're they're struggling for life and and you do have the opportunity to help them out, what does your psyche go through where you think the first thing you're going to do is instead of pulling out your phone and calling, da- dialing 911 to, to ask for help or at least trying t- your very best to give this person help, you're taking pictures and you're taking video and you're watching these, this person die or these people die right in front of you and t- struggling and taking their last breath. How much of a freaking Hannibal Lecter can you be? Like, what has gotten into us as a society where it's like th- this visceral need to, to, to be famous or to, to be social media to get our 15 minutes of fame? Like, it's just so despicable to me. And we just keep seeing this happen over and over and over again. And it's like, what, what is happening to us? What do you think about
1: this? Honestly, I don't have many thoughts on it. It's just our priorities are skewed. We're so used to seeing things online. That is the only way we can now verify that it happened. We don't believe it unless we see it. And
0: that's it. It's like, why do people want to see that? And, you know, I, I would have to admit, like, I've been guilty of that before. Where, But then I'm like, but, but as of recently, as I've gotten older and I'm like, I, I don't want to see that. I don't want to participate in that. I don't want to be part of, you know, the 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 suffering of someone else's pain. Like, I don't I don't want to contribute to that. Like, why would I be looking at videos or pictures like that where it's like the first thing co- comes to someone's mind? Oh, this got to be on WordStar Hip Hop or this got to be on Shade Room or this got to be on Twitter. Or this No. Why do us as a society, when we see a, a, a car wreck or or a car accident or a train wreck, as as they say, we just stop to watch. I think it's, it's, it's horrible. It's, it's disgusting. It's inhumane and we really need to do better as a people. That's all I'll say about that.
1: Honestly. Yeah. Like there isn't much you can say except for people checking themselves, checking their priorities. Like we're so used to pulling out our phones, being on our phones and our phones being the only way we can verify that life is happening but i'm still more more bothered that somebody lost their life yeah like that's that's the thing that i'm stuck on i didn't know know this person i didn't even follow their music like that like people said this was like one of the biggest rap groups of the decade i'm like they've been around for a decade yeah but it to me is just sad that you know you can't go out and have a good time be successful without something bad happening. Yeah. You know, like punished for being successful because obviously like you kind of have to wonder if, if it wasn't him, would it have even gone down like that? Maybe they probably would have broken out into a fight and left it at that. Mm -hmm. But because you know, it's somebody famous, famous, right. That also play a role like, Oh, I could take out this famous person, get, you know, some attention off of this. I guess you're right. Like, if you're going to live in that lifestyle, you probably can't go back to that old life. You've got to stay away.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's move on to Joe I, Rogan. I say, yeah. Go I ahead. I want to
1: say this, though, because, well, two things. Remember that movie Lottery Ticket with Bow Wow? Mm-hmm. So there's a scene where they're on the rooftop and Bow Wow says about money not changing you, but the people around you.
0: Yes. A lot of celebrities have said that.
1: And the other Not thing I want to say... celebrities.
0: A lot of people with money have said that. Let me say that.
1: Exactly. And another thing I want to say is that you mentioned how rap is so lucrative as a business. Mm-hmm. But remember, so was slavery. That's true. Slavery was very lucrative, but it didn't work M- out. <laughs>
0: okay, but we're comparing slavery... Wait, hold on. Are you comparing rap to slavery now?
1: Yes, very oh, okay. much so. All very right. much so because the toxicity that comes out of it i don't see how it's different from slavery as far as like being a big business it's lucrative but is it benefiting us no it's hurting us yeah we got to walk away from it if, if it's not serving a purpose of helping us i don't care how much money it makes if it's if it's destroying us i don't want it
0: yeah I'm just being coming from a realistic perspective. I don't see rap going away anytime soon. I don't see the genre of hip hop going away anytime soon, but
1: it doesn't have to. Uh huh. I think we can do better. Rap can stay. We can walk away from it. Let somebody else have it. If another group wants it, have at it. If we have to walk away from it to save a life, let's do it. All right.
0: All right. Let's move on. We got to move on here. All right. So Joe Rogan. As we know, Brittany Griner, she is the former WNBA player who was detained in Russia for having, I think it's like cannabis oil or something like that. She's a, she usually plays in Russia. She she makes a lot of money there. And then unfortunately she just happened to travel during the Russian and Ukraine time period where the war was starting and she got caught up and. There was no oligarchs there to save her. And so, you know, she got detained. And unfortunately, she got convicted of was it trafficking or possession either. I think it's possession of drugs. And she got nine years in prison in Russia. Uh, And then they did the appeal and the appeal was denied. So she has to do her nine years there. And, you know, there's been talks of the biden administration trying to get her out trying to do a a prisoner exchange between her and another russian person that the u.s has so there's been like back and forth talk and, and negotiations and um joe rogan brought up something in his latest podcast where he's he said basically why should we care uh, about britney griner right now and if she wasn't famous and she wasn't an NBA player, would she be getting a lot of disattention from the administration? And if it was a regular, ordinary person and the roles were reversed, she probably wouldn't lose an ounce of sleep and she probably wouldn't care. And, you know, trying to go this hard to free them. What are your thoughts on this? Do you agree with him? And he also said, according to TMZ, I'm getting uh, the news report here from TMZ, uh, I did see the video and I sent you the video of the clip, but I just wanted to read the article a little bit here. He also criticized Vice President Kamala Harris, calling her hypocrite for advocating on behalf of Brittany Greiner, who still is in Russian jail for drug charges. Um, basically, the saying that we are still prosecuting. He makes a great point. I, I completely agree with him on this point. He says we are still prosecuting people. There are still people in America today, in our country that are in prison for marijuana charges and marijuana is legal in like 34 different states. But yet we're, there's still people that are in prison on federal charges for marijuana in our country. And we're not doing anything about it. But we're trying to free somebody who intentionally took marijuana to a country that she knows is illegal and now is asking for help. So what are your thoughts on this? What do you think of his comments? And do you think he has a point?
1: I think he has a point because it's like who would go to another country with drugs? Yeah. If she were a regular person, I think she would definitely know better. Like, yeah, I probably shouldn't bring this with me. Like, even if it might be legal in my country, Mm -hmm. my neck of the woods, I don't know how they feel about it over there.
0: And And let me just add, I don't think this is her first rodeo. Yeah. I really don't. I think she she has been doing it and has gotten away with it because of the powerful people that she knows and that used to have her back. But unfortunately, she just did it at the wrong time where there was tensions and between Russia and the West. And this is a political move on, on Russia's part. But I don't think this was her first time actually going to Russia with that stuff.
1: Yeah, it's, it's something probably very political. She got away with it the first few she, yeah, she's probably gotten away with it in the past, probably.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't
1: want to say for sure. but right. This I don't is think... all
0: speculation on our part, by the way. We're not right. sure.
1: But as people who, ha- who are of sound mind, you know, common <laughs> right. sense, like the average person on their first trip to another country is probably not going to bring drugs. Right. They're, the way they check you at the airport, the security checks, why would you even risk it? Exactly. You know, so like, no, like the average person wouldn't do that. Now, if you're a person who has some fame, some pull, and you know who to speak to, you'll know you get away with it. So that seems more likely, like, like you said, that she's done it before they let her slide. And it probably came to a point where she didn't even think it was a big deal anymore. Right. Right. She's just been doing it for so long. They're cool with it. And then next thing you know, now they want to slap her with something. So then it's kind of not her fault because you let her slide on this for a while. And now you want to slap her with this as some kind of political move. So that's why I kind of feel bad for her. But at the end of the day, you, you should have had that common sense that said, nah, let me not do this. Let me make sure that my hands are clean coming and going so that there's no risk. What are your thoughts on
0: on his comments about Kamala Harris? I completely agree that if Brittany Greiner wasn't who she was, I don't think the administration would honestly take one wouldn't care. And it goes back to why do these celebrities keep getting special treatment when if it, if it was an average American citizen who that happened to, it probably wouldn't even be in the news. It probably wouldn't even be a big deal. Not that I don't feel sorry for her. Yes, of course, it's always t- a terrible thing when, you know, this happens to you. But as a full grown adult, you should know better, especially if this wasn't your first time going there. You've, you've been playing there for years. So, you know, you should know there are rules and regulation that this substance is illegal there. And yes, we all make stupid decisions and It could have been an accident or she she didn't remember she had it in her bag. What like there are so many speculations and things that happen. People make mistakes. Absolutely. But to his point of there are still people in this country who are imprisoned for on marijuana charges and there's nothing being done about that. Why should we care about somebody who purposely went to another country knowing that the substance is illegal there? So, yes, as a human being, you do feel sorry for her. And you're like, yes, this is you know, this is you feel sorry for her wife and her family. And this is heartbreaking and crushing. You're in another country all by yourself. I totally get it. But yet there's still people here who have spent many, many, many years in prison and they're fighting for their lives and their lives are important and their family is important. And we should care about them as well.
1: Well, you got to understand, because a lot of it is political. You know, a lot of these politicians, they want to make sure that they're securing the vote, vo- the loyalty of their of their constituents.
0: Right. And it does yeah. suck that they are using her as a political pawn. It is on both sides. Russia is using her as a political pawn, just as the West is using her as a political pawn. And unfortunately, she just happens to be to get stuck in in the middle and in, in the crossfires. And that sucks. It really does. Like, I honestly believe if this wasn't a, a wartime, I really think she would have gotten away with it
1: possibly like i wish we i wish we knew more about what goes on behind the scenes
0: <laughs> because
1: i'm sure there is a lot of strings a lot of complexity that we don't I'm know sure. about
0: i'm sure i'm you not a, a you know international law person I, you know i i don't know much about international law but i'm just saying like maybe things would have gotten would wouldn't have been this harsh on her if it wasn't this sort of tw- uh uh turbulent time that's all I think she would have gotten a slap on the wrist, basically.
1: Well, the funny thing is that, like you said, because she's, she's a celebrity, she's getting this attention. And I think it, it's not that the politicians are giving her attention, but the people that are her fans and family, their voice is loud enough that the politicians can't just ignore it. They can't just be like, oh, well, we, we can let that slide. They have to give it attention if their voters are hollering about it. And OK, so but do it. voters
0: really care, though. Let's be honest, like of all the things that's happening in our country right now. With the economy going to shit, even though they're trying to say we're not in a recession, but we all know we're in a recession with inflation, with unemployment being high and gas prices being high and people are worried about how they're going to pay their bills. Do you really think the average American is worried about Brittany Garner?
1: No, I don't. I don't think so. But I okay. think, for example, if they were to get this win, it's a demonstration of power. Like, like imagine this. If the right were as concerned about Brittany Griner as the left, and let's say they were both pulling to get her out, whoever got her out is a demonstration of their power.
0: I don't think the right is worried about Brittany Griner.
1: But I'm saying as an example, like whoever gets her out, it's a demonstration of power and influence that, oh, this is the side that has influence in the world. And that's going to be really? like, oh, people, yeah, people are going to look at it this way. Whoever gets her out, like, if right now Kamala Harris goes over there, gets her out, what, what do you think is going to happen? It's going to be a bunch of black girl magic. You see? I, I just and don't think a lot of people crazy. care, to be honest.
0: Like, it's not going to change my vote one way or the other.
1: I'm sure for a lot of people, they won't think about it until it happens. Like, if, if she were to get out now, suddenly it would get so much more attention. They'd be like, oh, Kamala's that that one that could get it done is going to be something they could put on their resume. Even, even if it's not a win that that matters to us in the long run, it's a win they could put on their resume and say, Oh, these are the things our side can do. That's what it's about. It's a, it's a, it's a symbolic victory that they can use.
0: Okay. I'll take your word for it. But I mean, it's just, I'll just speak strictly for myself I feel bad for her. Yes. But I'm worried about where my you know, how I'm going to survive and how I'm going to pay my rent and pay my bills and put food on the table. I'm not really concerned about some lady in Russia who broke the law, like no offense, but I'm trying to figure out who's going to work for me and who's going to drive down gas prices and improve the economy. That's what I'm worried about. And if they do end up bringing her home, I think that's great. But I'm not going to see it as this. Epic win of getting things done. The way you get things done, for, at least in my eye, is reduce my taxes, reduce these food prices, reduce these, these gas prices. Let me be able to to have uh, extra savings for so I can do things.
1: Which out of all those things you listed that mm-hmm. you want done, which one do you think is easier to do right now? Lower gas prices or get bernie Griner out?
0: Be honest, I really don't know. One, I care about. The other, I really don't care about. I'm sorry if this is very harsh to say, but it's not affecting my life one way or the other if she's there or not. But it is affecting my life if I could put gas in my car.
1: Exactly. Deep down, we know what our real priorities are. But it'd be like, again, the media would spin that as a symbolic win if they could get her out. Like
0: what I'm saying is her being there isn't. okay. let's say there's other conflicts in other parts of the world, right? Like you know, other countries are experiencing, you know, famine or or floods that are, you know, like they're experiencing real problems, right? Those things I could say, okay, I care about because they affect our ecosystem in the world as a, as a whole, right? I don't see her being there affecting the world as a whole. Maybe I'm just not looking at it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not seeing the bigger picture or it does affect it and I'm just not seeing it. But in the whole ecosystem of things, I don't really think her coming home is affecting anything. Does that make well, sense? That's because- like, if, if her, okay, if bringing her home is going to reduce my gas prices, then I'm all for it. Bring her ass home. Like, if, if that's going to make Russia, our allies, give us more gas and reduce our gas prices, if bringing her home is going to do that, or bringing her home is going to reduce inflation, then by all means, bring her home. But if they're going to put that on a side burner and using all of their resources and all of their power to make this happen, they put that power and resources to something else.
1: It's again, the, the idea is that it would be symbolic. Like when you mentioned, say, like flooding and all that kind of stuff, like none of that's political because that, that's an act of nature. Nobody wants flooding. But the Brittany Griner thing is more political than anything else. Two big nations fighting over her and whoever wins. It's a display of power. They get to puff up their chest. It's symbolic. It's kind of like when Lincoln emancipated the slaves. We take it as this huge thing, but it really didn't mean anything because the South had seceded and made their own nation. So the laws of the U.S. or the Union, it didn't apply to the Confederacy. It didn't free anyone until he won the war. That's when slaves were free. But the Emancipation Proclamation was symbolic. Of something moral. Like, we're we're here to do something moral. And that's what I'm saying is the situation with Britney Griner. It's something symbolic. It doesn't even have to do anything, it's just a display of power. Okay. The other issues, again, like that to me is more complex. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I doubt you could just lower gas prices, lower food prices. Like, that requires discussion, meetings, numbers, statistics. There's nothing stopping. Brittany Griner from being sent back, except for somebody in power saying, just let her go. Mm-hmm. That's it. Just let her go. But to actually make people's lives easier financially, like to create jobs, that's not just something that someone in power can just do. They can't just wave a wand and do that for people. Like if there's no jobs, there's nothing they can do about it. So that's why I say, like, the Britney Griner thing, it's an easier symbolic victory. It's like having a list of chores. You know, you can't do all of them, but you do the ones that you can so that it shows some kind of progress that you at least you didn't do nothing. You did something.
0: That makes sense. But, all right. I definitely hear you. All right. Let's move on. Is there anything you want to add before we move on to Elon Musk?
1: Good luck, Brittany Griner.
0: <laughs> Good luck, Brian Griner. It's not like we don't care. We're not heartless on the show. We care.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck yeah
0: yeah we we do care and we hope that you you do come home and we feel for your family and i'm just saying like there are the people in our country that are suffering as well all right well we'll love to hear what you guys think please leave us a comment on our social media at the foreign lady podcast or you can email us at the foreign lady podcast at gmail.com we will like, love to hear what you think all right let's move on here elon Musk. so we remember a few months ago elon was talking about buying Twitter. And he was going to make this, make it a a first amendment staple and freedom of speech and all that. And he finally did buy Twitter for forty-four billion dollars. And his first act as uh, the new, I guess, CEO owner, whatever his title is, he laid off half the workforce. Basically, told people that their last day was, you know, that same day. No two-week notice. No nothing. Just pack your shit and you're out. And then he wants to bring new changes to Twitter regarding, you know, more money as the ad revenue for, for Twitter, since he has taken ownership, has gone down with, you know, ad companies not wanting to put their products on Twitter anymore. And so he is proposing a new way of increasing revenue by charging people with the blue check marks, $8 a month. So if you want that little blue check mark certification next to your name, you're going to have to pay for it. And uh, last but not least, we have heard that since he has taken over Twitter just in the past what week, two weeks, that the slur, the, the, the negative slur, has gone up 500 percent on Twitter. So basically, people are just using the N word, their other kind of derogatory words as freely as they want because it's considered freedom of speech. What do you think about Elon, first of all, taking over Twitter, buying it for $44 billion? And I'm going to give him credit where credit is due. Like he is the Steve Jobs of our generation. He is a very smart man, you know, from his Tesla to his SpaceX. There's no denying that he has revolutionized our society, and our world in general. Majority of the cars that you see on the road right now are all Tesla. What do you think about him trying to turn Twitter into this, remove it from this woke platform and, and turn it into you know, this place where everybody can say whatever they want without any consequences? And what do you think of the new changes that he has done so far in the week that he has taken over?
1: If he's going to allow the N-word to be used Without restraint, black people need to withdraw their support. They need to leave Twitter. I agree.
0: I was actually watching. Uh, I don't mean to, to cut you off, but I was watching the was it Queens of Cocktails. And one of them actually brought up a really good idea where why can't we create our own space, our own Twitter for black people? Like, it seems like most of these platforms were not made for us. They don't really value us as consumers, but yeah, we are one of their biggest supporters. Why can't we have our own? Right wing people have their own platforms where they can say whatever they want. Now Twitter has become, you know, this place where anybody can say whatever they want, and it's no longer being policed. Where I, you know, which I don't agree with policing people, but if if it's gonna be harmful rhetoric and and saying derogatory things and making statements that are disgusting something needs to be done about that i don't support that w- whatsoever yes you can say whatever you want but there should be some type of consequences for that but i do think we need to have our own space where we can we could go and and not support people who don't support us but what do you think about that
1: well it's a simple idea but we never want to carry it out mm. we we never seem to want to carry it out like we don't draw the line with people But a lot of that has to do with the fact that we don't draw the line ourselves. We can only use the N-word so freely ourselves, which again, I have to to state, it's something that I will see more in probably the hip-hop area more so than anywhere else. If we don't condemn the word, of course, no one else will. And I think I've said this before, like, there's no point in today's generation for me to chastise a teenage white male for saying the N-word. When he's growing up in a generation where he's hearing it in the music. So, of course, he's going to pick it up. They're hearing it more in the music before they probably hear it in a racist connotation or the historic connotation. They're unaware of that. They weren't raised in that era. So it's like me. I'm punishing you for something you really don't know about. Right. But if we were to hold the line and say, you know what? We're not going to use the word anymore. Don't you use the word anymore anymore. And now, when we hear it, now we have a right to be upset. Now we have a right to be angry. And then we could just withdraw support that if this is how you're going to be, we don't want to be here. But don't say that we're not experiencing racism. That's the one thing I hate. Like For that word to go 500%, and then they won't acknowledge that there's racism out in the world directed towards us. Don't play that game with me. I'll just walk away. It's unfortunate. I just don't
0: understand. Why do people want to say that word so damn bad? Like, why? You tell me. You I, I don't know. I don't me. use that word. I have no idea. I really don't understand why people want to use that word so bad.
1: I don't know what the attraction is. I mean, it- to a degree, I understand why it's something Black people use. Only to a degree. I still want to get rid of it. but. Why does any other group want to fight to use it?
0: I have no idea. I really don't know. Like, why do you want to use it so bad? There are no other words in the dictionary. Like, are your vocabulary just so depleted that you just like? Why? Why do you want to use it so bad? Why? I think that's that. That's just something that like I've just never been able to understand. Like it is it one of those like forbidden fruit kind of things where it's like, oh, you're not allowed to have it, so therefore you just want it so bad. Like I, I just never understood what the fascination with with other groups wanting to say that word so bad. It's ridiculous to me.
1: It's like, lost on me.
0: But what do you think about his his new changes, charging people for the blue ch- check mark and and his, you know, mass exodus layoffs? And do well, you think that he has a, a good plan for Twitter? Do you think this new era, this new change could be good for the platform or or it's he's just going to turn it upside down and, and it's just going to be another. Not that Twitter wasn't already toxic as it is, but even more toxic.
1: Well, here's the thing. He gave people an incentive to stay because <laughs> he's allowing them the freedom that they want, the freedom of speech that they want. So people are going to stay off of that. As far as charging people, what does the blue check mark mean exactly? Honestly, I don't know.
0: I I really don't know. I guess it means you're certified. Well, but I really don't know want, what it means.
1: Yeah, for those people that want that certification, maybe it's for for some sort of advertisement or some business. I think so. I it. think if you're
0: if you have that blue check mark, I I, I think it's mostly for like branding. Like advertisers will will want to do business with you because you have. I think you have to have like so many followers to be to have that little blue check. So it could be more business related as
1: well. Yeah. If people want to keep promoting their business. They'll pay that $8. They'll pay it. So him firing half the staff kind of wondering what that was all about.
0: Yeah. But, I didn't, um, I didn't get that either. When the new regime comes in, I guess they want to. They always want to shake things up and let go of old people and bring in their own, all, their new people. But. Yeah, I don't know why he laid off half the, half the people there. I really don't get it.
1: I mean, because it's Elon Musk, we're, in, we're not in a position to question his his genius. This guy
0: is a genius,
1: though. Grew. I mean, how much does this? Man people throw thinking?
0: that word around so much. The whole genius thing. Maybe because I'm thing. just like, <laughs> I'm Here's scarred
1: from traumatized from Kanye. But it depends on what you're a genius on. If you're a success in what you do more than anyone else, you're a genius like Kanye will use the word genius. And I'm like, that's really in reference to your music, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not talking any other area of academics or politics. You're just maybe average at best. <laughs> um, musically, that's where he calls himself a genius and other people agree. I've never called him this. I don't think Kanye is right about everything. I don't think he's wrong about everything. I think he's just another person that, has his own thoughts he wants to share with the world. Elon Musk, as you stated, you know, with Tesla and et cetera, and he bought Twitter for $44 billion. So I don't think he bought something like Twitter to see it fail. I think he already has a long-term plan in mind for Twitter. But he's All giving right. people the incentive to stay, like removing those restrictions on speech, yet Twitter's going to get really inter- interesting. It's going to get really interesting. And when people want to hear that gossip, they're going to want to pay for it. They're going to want to pay for that $8. But like I said, like if they're allowing people to use the N word, the only power that black people have or the power of any group is to say no. We can all collectively make an exodus and be like, we're out. We're not going to negotiate. We're not going to try to like, compromise or anything like you use that word, we leave. Yeah. That's it. That that should be our response. We're not gonna an- get angry. We're not gonna get upset. We're gonna withdraw support because again, a lot of the culture it is driven by us. When we walk away, you see how hurt you are.
0: I agree. I think these companies don't realize how much our dollars go a long way and how much the black community actually gives your company credibility. They underestimate us a lot, which is unfortunate. We need to know our worth. We need to know that we have the power to influence and change culture and we give credibility to companies as well. And we can just be given that freely. But unfortunately, we haven't learned as a people. I, I know Elon is like innovated technology. He's come up with some really great things, but I'm just trying to wrap my head around trying to understand like why such big changes. I'm sure he has a plan for what he wants to do, but I just don't understand like why the massive layoffs, especially around the holidays, you know, even though he did say that they were going to get paid the rest of the month, I believe, and they were going to get severance packages, which is nice, but a bunch of people just lost their jobs. And also the people that were laid off, they're thinking about starting a class action suit and suing Twitter for wrongful termination. So I don't know. I'm sure he has a a plan. And there are a lot of people that are excited for the new changes he's bringing because they can say whatever they want now. And then there are people who are not so excited. And I do wish as a community, we do realize that this platform is not for us anymore. And we need to go somewhere else and either create our own or go find another platform that is created by, uh, and is black owned. And we can, we can go on there. But like I said, or like you said, unfortunately, we're not going to do that. We're we're just not going to do that. And it is unfortunate. I really do wish as a people we know our worth and we know that we have influence, but we just don't know the kind of power we have and we don't know the kind of changes we have and unfortunately these companies like this are just going to keep undervaluing us
1: well i would say it's not that we don't know the kind of power we have it's just if we're willing to use it and one of the things i want to say is that if we were to make an exodus from any kind of situation where we felt disrespected we have to accept whatever fallout that comes from it and of course, a great example is the Montgomery bus boycott, where Black people felt disrespected riding the bus. They boycotted. And that meant that they had to have alternatives to get to where they needed to be. They had carpools so that people could give each other rods to work. But they were like, I'd rather do this than be disrespected. And after about a year, the bus system came crawling back. They have to ask black people, hey, can you guys ride our buses again? We're going to respect you because we really needed you. You don't need us. And so we have to have that same mindset that if we walk away, we'll take whatever consequences that come with it. But once we walk away, we're not coming back unless your behavior changes, right? If we're going to have a, a new relas- relationship, it will be on our terms. And so, long story short, we have to have an exit strategy. That if we if we do walk away from Twitter, we have an alternative to carry us through.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wish we d- we did have that, but unfortunately, in today's society, our attention span is just so short that it's like one minute we're we're all you know into this and boycotting, the, and then the next minute we we completely forget, and we have really short attention spans. I really do wish that if we commit to something we commit to it all the way but this you know this generation isn't unfortunately is not like that we're not like the the our our fathers and mothers and grandparents who boycotted during that 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 time we just don't have I don't know if it's we don't have that mindset we we don't have the commitment whatever it is we just don't have it and that's unfortunate it really is unfortunate but Elon, do you, bro? <laughs> whatever you want to do, go for it. If you want to turn this into a, a place of um, intolerance or, or tolerance, whatever, where people can say whatever they want with no consequences, by all means, go for it. That's on you. I understand that you you know you want a platform where people can go and express themselves without consequences and don't have to be canceled for it you know we don't believe in cancel culture here on paper that sounds great but in reality just in the in the week that you you have brought this new policy on the proof is right there by 500% so maybe you need to rethink your your stance on enough free for all because when as soon as you give people the free range to do whatever they want or say whatever they want this is what happens. All right. Well, that would be all for today. Do you have anything that you want to talk about, share? Oh, I did go see the Black Adam movie. I don't know if you if you've seen it.
1: No, not yet.
0: Yeah, I saw it. It was okay. I would like us to do a review on it at some point. I would like we did talk about potentially doing like reviews and and all that on like tv shows and movies so we'll try to get do that for you and put it together but we'll let you guys know more on that but yeah i saw it as far as storytelling goes did i enjoy it absolutely i thought the action was great i thought the rock was great i thought pierce brosling as dr fate was amazing and and Hawkman, the the actor that played Hawkman, like I I thought the the characters were all great. It was so great to see the Justice Society on screen. The villain was yeah, the story was yeah, but I liked the action. I thought it was great. It's a fun movie to go see, but (laughs) that's that's pretty much it. And I uh, loved the the little post credit. I thought the the post credit was was awesome. I don't want to spoil it for anybody who haven't seen it yet, like you, but. When we do our review, obviously, it's going to be like spoiler galore. But that's all I'll say.
1: Yeah, I think from what I understand about the movie, it's just escapism. They weren't looking to be political or woke. It was just supposed to be a comic book movie.
0: Yeah. And, you know, a, a, a lot of people don't know much about Black Adam. It's not one of the, you know, the big threes you know, like or one of the, the main DC pantheons. But I, I was familiar with Black Adam before this movie, but not, not a lot of people were. So I don't know if that had a lot to do with it, but maybe not, because Guardians of the Galaxy, no one knew what it was, and now it's a and it was a big hit when it came out. So I just thought the story was very, very lacking, and they could have done a better job of it. And the villain could have been a lot better. It was just very mediocre. Like it was not memorable at all. But yeah, like you said, it was just it was escapism. I had fun for the. Two hours. I was there. I saw it with a friend and the kiddo. So yeah, it was it was nice. But other than that, I'd say I give it maybe two point five out of five. Okay, that's, that's <laughs> pretty bad. <laughs> it wasn't shattering and or life changing, but it wasn't terrible either. It was just it was okay. But
1: that's I would fair. I would
0: recommend you you go see it though. That's, that's your assignment. Fun. You have to go see it.
1: <laughs> I ain't planning on seeing it because it's The Rock.
0: Yeah, I like The Rock. I you know, and let me just say, you know how they do all those like um like superhero suits where they padded and everything. Yeah, it's it was all him. Like no padding needed for this for his costume. It was all muscle, baby. I think it was just very lit. Like the fiber just literally hugged his muscles, so that was very nice to watch.
1: And that's funny because he did an interview about how like he didn't want padding. So he got in the best shape of his life. And I'm like,
0: why? You know, that's just the rock. That's, that's how I it know. Is.
1: I know it's the rock, but it's like he's that dedicated. Like you can't even like,
0: yeah, it was no, it literally no padding at all. It was yeah. all him, all him. Like it was literally just a thin sheet of, you know, costume, fabric and everything was, was all him. And that, that's, that's commitment right there. All right. Well, let's, let's end it there. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this week's episode. We appreciate you. Thanks for, for supporting us and uh, please make sure you like and subscribe and write the podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure you subscribe. It really helps us out a lot, support us. And we thank you for that really thank you for that. So thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy this episode and we hope you have a great week and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye now. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the foreign lady.
1: If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to rate, like, and subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast.
0: Follow us on social media at the foreign lady podcast on Facebook and Instagram.
1: Email us at the foreign lady at gmail.com. See, see you, you next time. time.